Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Cornerstone. If you are joining us for the first time, my name is Hojin, and I am one of the pastors here at our church. It's been a while since I've been in front of you, and it's chiefly because my wife, Julian, and I uh, had our first child, a baby girl named Sela, uh, who was born in early April. And just for fun, we want to take a poll to see who you think she looks like. Does she look like my wife, Julie, or does she look like me? So wherever you are in the chat, just drop in either Julie's name or my name. Um, and it's just for fun. We're grateful that Sela is here in the world. Um, we're also thankful for all of you who have prayed for us uh, and supported us during this time. Obviously, bringing Sela into this world in its current state has been really tricky. Uh, both Julie's parents and my parents have yet to properly meet her. Um, both sets of parents have yet to hold Sela. And it's because we just don't know what, what's the wisest way to approach um, COVID-19. Our parents technically fall into the category of higher risk. And then there's Sela, whose immune system and whose body is still developing as a human being. But beyond uh, what's happening in my personal life, uh, seeing what's happening in the world, reading the news, is this constant reminder of how things are outside of our control. Seeing how COVID-19 is impacting the, the entire planet, uh, looking at the political climate of this country, the state of world economies, and what's happening in current events just on a day-to-day -day basis. There are simply so many questions without answers. There's a lot of uncertainty around the future regarding if and when and how things will get better. And everyone seems to be more on edge and irritable and angry. The, our public discourse has gotten just nastier and more hostile. And inequality and injustice seems to be everywhere we look. A couple of Sundays ago, we started this sermon series that we've titled Thrive. Pastor Bill and Pastor Danny started um, this series by by naming that it's our goal to not merely endure or survive this current season with everything that's happening around us, but to find ways to grow and maximize this season of life. A common thread between the last two Sundays was this need to look outside of ourselves. And today we want to continue that theme. 
by looking at how we can thrive in a world that is seeking answers. And that's actually the title for today's sermon, Thriving in a World Seeking Answers. We want to hear from God on how to thrive when the world seems out of whack and chaotic, uncertain, and broken. When there's confusion and suffering and pain and injustice, how can we thrive? This morning, we're going to look at Psalm 146, and I want to look at three ways we can thrive in a world that is seeking answers. Three ways we can thrive in a world that is seeking answers. At first glance, Psalm 146 doesn't look special at all. It starts off reading, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. These words seem like they can apply to any circumstance. These words seem like they can apply to any person, but things change in in verse 3. It reads, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. This song is uh, for those people who are looking for a solution, looking for relief, looking for help and hope from their present circumstances. This is a song for people in search for a solution from their predicament. And this is the first way we can thrive in a world that's seeking answers. We must not put our confidence in people of power or influence. We must not put our our confidence in people of power or influence. The writer of this psalm is worshiping God, and an important part of his worship is to acknowledge that people in positions of power and influence, like princes during his time, do not deserve our trust and confidence. In verse 3, the psalmist reminds us that these people do not offer ultimate salvation and ultimate solution. And then in verse 4, he reminds us yet again that even the good leaders, the good people of power and influence only provide temporary relief. Right now in the U.S., it can be easy to wish that circumstances were different, especially regarding the leaders who are in place. We have all these if-only thoughts, don't we? If only we had better decision makers. If only those people who had money and power and influence could do otherwise, things would be better. If only. Thousands of years ago, God's people had similar thoughts. They constantly fell into this temptation of trusting in individuals of power and influence. They thought if someone more powerful or influential than our oppressors could come to my aid, our aid, they thought if only we had a king like other nations, if only the situation were different. Psalm 146 is very clear. People of power and influence do not offer ultimate relief, hope, help, and salvation that we need. Demanding answers from people who do not have the ability to provide the solution will be a pointless endeavor. In verse 5, we're given an alternative. In verse 5, it reads, Blessed is he or she whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord his God. This is the second way we can thrive in a world that's seeking answers. Instead of people of power and influence, find your help and hope in God. The second way to thrive is to put your complete confidence in the Lord. It's as if the psalmist is saying, if you're worshiping today, know exactly who you are worshiping. 
The author of this song points out several aspects about God, but in particular, he invests almost one-third of his, his entire, um, entire writing to this one particular aspect of God's character. Starting in verses 7, it reads, The Lord executes justice for the oppressed, gives food for the hungry, sets the prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind, lifts up those who are bowed down. He loves the righteous. He loves he watches over the sojourner. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. He will bring to ruin the way of the wicked. A huge reason why God is worthy of praise and worthy of trust is because God is just. It's because he sees, hears, and knows the experiences of those who have been oppressed, forgotten, cast aside, and exploited. This is why the psalmist is worshiping God. And as much as we might be sick and tired of talking and hearing about COVID-19, it is our current reality. Everyone has been affected. But during this time, we cannot ignore the fact that COVID-19 is impacting people differently, especially with regard to race. According to the CDC, uh, in New York City, where they have the data, they found out that the death rate uh, for Black and African-American people was two times higher um, with COVID-19 than white people and almost three times higher than Asian people. Hispanic and Latino people had the second highest death rate, more than twice the rate of Asians. Regarding unemployment, uh, those people who lost their jobs last month, Hispanic and Latino people are the highest percentage. And then there's the this news that is not getting enough attention. Navajo Nation uh, would have the highest per capita confirmed cases of COVID-19 if they were their own state, second only to New York. And then there's non-COVID-19 news that has highlighted further injustices, especially against black lives. Over the past two weeks, we found out about Ahmad Arbery, who was innocently murdered while out for a jog in Southern Georgia. And then there's Breonna Taylor, uh, who we found out about this past week, an EMT in Louisville, Kentucky, who was innocently killed while she was at home by law enforcement officers who entered the wrong address on a search warrant. For both Arbery and Taylor, two months have gone by without anyone being charged, any further investigation happening. In the midst of injustice and brokenness in the world, how does trusting God make any difference? And in particular, how does reading Psalm 146 help us? Psalm 146 tells us that justice is a worship issue. For one third of this psalm, the psalmist focuses on God's justice. And this is the third way that I want to highlight on how to thrive in the midst of a world that's seeking answers, it's to engage fully in the worship of God. Out of love for for God and love for our neighbor, our worship must be with our entire lives, word and deed, as well as private and in public. We can't merely admire the fact that God is just. We need to participate in God's kingdom work of doing justice. The psalmist in verse 5 says, you're blessed if you put your complete trust and confidence in God. And when you read the entire Bible, you can't walk away from this recurring theme where God blesses his people so that they can bless all other people. Blessed people bless people. 
If I can be completely transparent, pursuing God's justice has been an aspect of my faith that just pretty much was non-existent. It's not that I questioned whether God cared about justice. It was more around the fact that I didn't know what my place was. I felt like I didn't know enough. I felt like I, was, I, I wasn't bold enough. I didn't know where I fit in, in in the conversation of justice. But I realized, especially the past two weeks, that my silence was communicating something I didn't want to, especially to those who have been wrongfully treated. And maybe it was the fact that Ahmad Arbery was 25 years old, which I consider the median age at our church. Maybe it was, it's because that he went out for a jog when this happened, and so many of you love running. Or maybe it's because now I'm a dad, and I'm imagining if that were my child, I would be so much more vocal than I have been in the past about all the black lives that have been lost. And... As I continue to wrestle with it, scripture was profoundly helpful for me. Scripture tells me that Ahmad Arbery is just as much a bearer of God's image as you, as me. Scripture tells me that, that I need to weep with those who weep. Scripture invites me to pursue justice with grace and humility, but also with boldness and truth. Scripture guides me on, on how to lament, but also to, to hope. And the Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit will help me pursue justice. In a lot of ways, we overcomplicate the work of justice because we don't want to make a mistake. And I'll be the first one to admit that I don't have everything put together, but God has really convicted me to commit to stand up against anti-black sentiments and attitudes. More than what's headlining in the news, more than a hashtag that's trending, I want to persist in pursuing justice in Jesus' name. So to that end, uh, I'm going to be pursuing more knowledge, more experiences, especially around this, this issue of racism. And Dominique Gilliard, the <clears throat> Director of Racial Righteousness and Reconciliation of our denomination, has recommended uh, watching When They See Us, a Netflix miniseries, Uh, It's based on the true story of five teenagers in Harlem who were wrongfully accused, convicted, and sentenced to jail for a crime they didn't commit. I'm going to set up a Netflix party over the next four Tuesday evenings so that we can watch it together for anyone who's interested. And I'll have a form uh, link on the screen if you want to participate. Um, And I just don't want to delay in engaging more. Obviously, racism is just one area. Uh, one issue of injustice. I know so many of you care about a wide range of of issues and we need each and every one of you to be passionate to stand up for those who have been forgotten and neglected and oppressed and hurt because together when we pursue God's justice, we're going to reflect who God is. Pandemic or no pandemic, following Jesus has not changed. We're called to love God and love our neighbor. We're called to make him known. We're called to pursue justice in the world, especially through a holistic worship with our entire lives. One misconception about thriving that I've noticed is that thriving should not be difficult. Too many of us think, including myself, that in order to thrive, there should be no bumps along the way. There should be no difficulty, no confusion, no pain, no losses. But there's a definition of the verb to thrive 
that I think better applies. Uh, this one definition reads, to progress toward or realize a goal despite circumstances. Isn't that, isn't that so good? To progress toward a goal or realize a goal despite circumstances. If more believers learned how to thrive despite circumstances, we would be trem tremendous witnesses to who God is in this world. Thriving, especially in a world that demands answers to suffering and injustice, will require heavy lifting. But when we see that the Holy Spirit is, is with us, and when we see that God's kingdom is being advanced, when we grow in our intimacy with, with God because we're pursuing the things that matter to His heart, in glimpses, we're going to start to see the praiseworthiness and trustworthiness of God. This morning, we want to see through Psalm 146 that we can thrive in a world that's seeking answers despite our circumstances. And we do that by not trusting the people of power and influence, but instead trusting completely in, in God. Psalm 146 ends the way that it begins. It says, praise the Lord. This is where we get the phrase hallelujah, literally praise Yahweh. I pray that going forward that our hallelujahs, our worship would involve a desire, a, a pursuit of justice, God's justice in the world. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word that helps us see you with greater clarity. Thank you for your word that points us to the most fulfilling life possible. We want to thrive with your help, but that means we need to trust that your ways lead to abundant life. For some of us, including myself, help us to repent for the ways we have knowingly or unknowingly neglected your desire for justice to be exercised in our lives. For others of us, we have grown weary or maybe even fearful of pursuing justice. So please encourage us and, and help us through your Holy Spirit. And for all of us, help us see that pursuing your justice in Jesus' name, will cause us to experience new depths of your love for us and for the world. So we depend on you. We thank you. Uh, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.